to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today on the Steve Dace Show on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. We would love it if you joined us by letting us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Speaking of CRTV, gentlemen, we just wrapped up our television show today. Let's give the audience a tease. Aaron. Towards the end of our conversation with uh, Daniel Horowitz uh, today, uh, we started talking about some comments Trey Gowdy made about uh, potentially (laughs) appointing a second special counsel. And as with many things in our country nowadays, uh, we we don't believe that we can actually find truth based on the institutions we have in place. So I would submit on the heels of that discussion, here's what we should do for anything we can't find truth about. We should get Misha the Tiger. Do you guys know you, you guys know Misha the Tiger? No. That's the tiger that picks the Super Bowl winners every oh, yeah. year. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Just Misha the Tiger. Okay, there's a picture of Devin Nunez and Adam Schiff. <laughs> Which in. one do you I'm choose? In. Hit me. <laughs> there's a picture of Rush with uh, no, uh, there's a picture of uh, I'm sorry, Donald Trump with Vladimir Putin. There's a picture of Hillary Clinton with Vladimir Putin. Misha, pick. Which do you choose? Think that's think that that would, has as good of odds catch, as catch anything. Yep. Yes, that has as good as odds of anything else we could possibly try. Yep. Yes, I I might also is it um, uh, who's the uh, insult dog? Who am I thinking of? Oh, Triumph. Triumph. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah, I might be okay with that too. Yes. giving him a shot. Mm-hmm. Yes, just to get just for a second opinion anyway. No. All oh, right, more than more than. Let's make him president at this point. I mean, I've got we got bigger fish to fry. Could you imagine his Twitter account? No. <laughs> Todd, give us a preview. Um, Joy Reid is whack. That's what I've got. <laughs> Absolutely whack. She and her buddies um, basically wish you dead. Not basically. Yeah. They they just flat out said so. Yes. Ironic coming from a show. Being canceled because it doesn't have enough viewers. Wondering how it's going to eventually win a demographic battle. Answer: uh, You already lost it. That's why your that's why your show is is canceled because none of people think like you do and want to watch. So, and you're aborting all of the uh, all of your uh, all of your kids as well. All of the next generation. Yeah, I would think I wouldn't have to explain how markets work to somebody who just got crap canned, <laughs> but apparently I do. So there's that. Well, if you're not yet a subscriber to CRTV, here's how you can become one. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And if you um, take advantage of my name as that promo code, you'll get a discounted subscription to not just our show, but every single show that we air each day on CRTV, including the great one, Mark Levin, Michelle Malkin, Stephen Crowder, and more. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And yes, we do offer 
monthly subscriptions options as well. And speaking of subscriptions, if you've not yet clicked subscribe on Stitcher or iTunes, please take 10 seconds and do that. It just helps us to grow our podcast when more of you do that. And if you have extra time today, a couple of minutes that you wouldn't mind breaking off a positive review for our podcast, if you dig it, we would appreciate that as well. And thank you to all of you that have already done those things. Well, let's get to it on a Wednesday. We play this little game called Buy, Sell, or Hold. We've got a cornucopia of topics uh, that our producer Aaron will throw out provocative statements about. Todd and I will decide, are we buying that? Are we are we selling that? Todd will usually come up with one good reason. I will try and come up with about nine. Uh, and then, once a show, you are permitted to hold, meaning you are gutless and refuse to take an opinion or... Last week, we had an exception in that the question was so bad, I refused to dignify it by putting a hold on it. All right. Look at you and your little loopholes. Did you like that? <laughs> yeah. It was nice. Um, and I've got checking accounts in the Caymans. So, buy, sell, or hold is the game. We play. Aaron, you may begin. Yep. Uh, we'll go through the normal um, listener submissions, and then we've got a special edition at the end of this one, a superhero battle royale. I will explain later. We'll start with Ted Nuss, though. He says more than 50% of our government issues would have been solved or would be solved by having Senate and House term limits. More than 50%? Yep. I could buy that. I I could buy that. I I think that... This is something most people don't understand, even people who are committed and informed don't understand about politics, especially if, we're, if you're a conservative. If you ask someone, why are they a Democrat? Most of the time, they're going to tell you, and the numbers bear this out. You know, I'm working on my new book right now, Truth Bombs. And I just finished one chapter. I shared this with you, Todd, last night, and I went back and I looked at the Pew Research Breakdown, full, full deep dive breakdown of the electorate heading into the 2016 election cycle. And the, and the numbers bear out what I'm anecdotally going to share with you right now. The data says I'm right. That the number one determiner of someone being a Democrat is race or ethnicity. And the number one determiner if someone is a Republican is belief system. The numbers say this is true. So if you, if you ask the average Democrat, why are you one? They will say, I'm black, I'm Hispanic, I'm gay, I'm Asian, I'm a single mom, I'm a teacher. They'll give you an identity. Ask the average person, why are you Republican? They'll say, I believe in limited government, low taxes, strong national defense, I'm pro-life. They'll give you a value, a belief. So what ends up happening on the Republican side, on the conservative side, is the people most committed ignore rules committees and the process and they go right for like the platform committee when they get involved in the Republican Party. Now, why would they go right for the platform committee? Because you became a Republican typically. Why? Because of what you believe. And so what's a, what's a platform? An expression of that party's belief. And so that, that's like, you know, sitting around to you as a conservative, that platform committee, man, is like when you and the elders and the deacons are sitting around Hey, hey, what's our confession going to be? What's our mission statement, our theological statement on our website going to be about our church? You take it like that. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a big thing. It's, you're here because of your belief system. And those that aren't quite as driven by their beliefs, they get involved on the procedural side of things, the process sides of things, the rules committees, the finance committees, things of that nature. 
And this is one of the major factors why we lose to them in primary so often. Name ID is number one. Number one thing I've learned in 10 years of full-time political activism, nothing, nothing. And I hate saying this. I don't want this to be true. But, you know, there's a lot of things I don't want to be true that are true, too. I have to accept the world for as it is, not how I wish it to be. Then I would believe crazy stuff like we can afford a welfare state or tariffs or how you close trade deficits. All right. I I have to accept the world for how it is, not what I want it to be. And how it is, is the number one factor in determining who wins elections is name ID, period. Primaries, general, period. Number one factor. I didn't say there weren't other factors. Did I say that? Did I say it was the only factor? Is that what I said, guys? No. No. What did I say it was? The main factor. The main factor. It can be overcome, but it only in extraordinary circumstances, man. Like Dave Bratt. One in a million. That was the only contested primary won that entire cycle. And it was the one none of us invested in because we didn't think there was any chance. <laughs> All right? That just goes to show you. Why do we think there was any chance? Because Dave Bratt wasn't even the only constitutional conservative that was even running in that race. They were to split the vote. And when you got another guy vying for the same base you're vying for, you know what that does to your efforts to improve your name ID? Not hard, doesn't help. Because right away you have competition for who your primary support base would be. Here's the other thing that I've learned. Other than name ID, here's the other reason we lose. The people who, who aren't as sincere in the Republican Party, who aren't as sincere about their conservatism as the grassroots, they control all the rulemaking ventures and enterprises in the party. They could care less about the platform committee. They're fine letting you crazy right-wingers go there and spend nine hours on a Saturday arguing over every last syllable of the pro-life plank. They don't give a rip, man. They're over there in the rules committees having you know, you know, some swanky lunch catered in, which you'll pay for on their expense report, by the way, even though they're usually richer than you. And they're out of there by noon, man, and they're teeing it high, watching it fly, hanging out with their buddy Tad at the golf club, man. That's what they're doing. While you're still in there arguing about Shell or Will on the pro-life plank at 4 o'clock. And then they'll be kicking your ass March, May, April, June, whatever your primary is, they'll be kicking your ass at the same time. Okay? Because we are so fixated on principles, we don't get involved in the process. And what happens is when we get the reason we lose a lot of there's there's two reasons we lose conservatives when we get them elected to Washington. One is they weren't conservatives. They lied to you. Although I don't think that's probably as true as hardened cynics think it is. Is it true? Does it happen a lot? Yes. Is it systemic, though? Meaning, is it is that always the reason why? No, there's something much simpler than that. All of, the, all of the weaponry of politics, the machinery of elections that is required once you're elected to keep you elected, who controls all of that? The party does. Mailers, postage, donor lists, all the stuff that unless you're independently wealthy or you've raised at a, I mean, what helped Ted Cruz and Ron Paul we remain somewhat independent, at least Cruz so far, but this helped Ron Paul throughout the course of his career remain independent of the, of the allure of party tribalism, is the amount of money 
that Paul could raise, and Cruz has emulated that so far in his career, that they could raise from grassroots, made it that they could own their own campaign machinery. Cruz doesn't need Mitch McConnell's help at all to win his Senate seat. Doesn't need it at all. The list of people that we send there that can say that, he's on it. Mike Lee's on it because of the state he's in. That's about it. I wouldn't even put Rand Paul on that list because what state's Rand Paul in? Kentucky. Kentucky. Mitch McConnell's from Kentucky too. Why? So why do you think one of the first things that Rand Paul did after he won a Senate seat? What was one of the first things he did? Mended fences and aligned with 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 Mitch McConnell. Endorsed him over Matt Bevin in that Senate primary because he didn't need Mitch McConnell messing with his rear flank in his own state. Stop and think about that. Why would they stamp to McConnell? John Cornyn is freaking toast in Texas without McConnell's machinery. Toast. And he's the number two man in the Senate. Give me, give me, throw, another, throw a name at me of a prominent, well, first of all, we don't have too many prominent conservatives in the Senate. Throw me a name other than Cruz and Lee. Throw me another name of someone that could get reelected without, with, in, with, with Mitch McConnell in total opposition to their candidacy. Tell me who it would be. Can you think of one? Cotton. Why has Cotton gone soft on immigration? Walmart, Tyson Chicken. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. He couldn't do it. No. I don't think there is anybody else on the list. I hate this game. Yeah. Hate it. That's why we, I, I'm, I'm not telling you this to depress you. This is the coward in the co- of the county portion of the program. Promise me, son, not to do the things I've done. Walk away from trouble if you can. Don't waste 10 years of your life learning this lesson like I just did. I'm trying to help those of you listening to me right now. I'm trying to get you to skip some places in line. I want the next 10 years of your career to be far more fruitful and beneficiary than mine were. And, and when I say that, I'm blessed. I make a good living. I'm not rich. But, you know, my, I'm, I'm not talking about professional on, on, on my ego level, I'm talking, I didn't get into this for ego. Well, I did, but my ego wanted to win a culture war, not, you know, make me Rush Limbaugh Jr. If you'd have told me 10 years later, I'd be much better at, I, my career would be much further along at promoting my own self-interests than it would be at advancing my own ide- ideology. I'd have started cutting myself and never got into this because that's not, I'm not, I make a nice living, but I'm not wealthy to the point of putting up with what it takes to do this for a living. The angst, the hatred, when you go out with your kids to Walmart and, and you hand the attendant your debit card to pay for it and she pronounces your weirdly spelled last name right and you look at your kids and they freeze because they're not sure if this is someone who thinks my dad's a hero or a heel because of what he does for a living, Right. That kind of stuff. Because if you're really getting rich off of this, guess where you're not shopping, guys? Walmart. Okay? So your kids don't care. They're driving nicer cars than everybody else. I don't make that kind of living. And one of the reasons why I don't make that kind of living is I made certain sacrifices rather than compromises. Because I wanted to advance my belief system more than I wanted to be a star. Well, if you're getting into this for the same motivations I originally did, listen to the lessons I'm trying to teach you here. Work smart, not hard. Because it doesn't matter if you spend 97 hours. Look at Steve King's Twitter account today, going out there after National Right to Life for not helping them advance legislation that would actually challenge the premise of Roe. God bless him for that. 
That just goes to show you right there, it doesn't matter if you sit there with your National Right to Life representative and spend eight hours, 19 hours, 24 hours, 38 hours hammering the pro-life plank in your party platform. When the time comes to govern, if your biggest pro-life group won't take the principled stand, you just wasted a Saturday you could have spent with your kids, man. You know who's not wasting that Saturday? The corporate donor class. They're already golfing. Having conjugal, they, they, they're on their fourth round of conjugals at the 19th hole with their mistresses. By the time you get done deciding, did, would Milton Friedman approve of this limited government plank? That's why you lose. Children of men are smarter than the children of light. Wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove. Look at how we lose and emulate that, albeit with the right belief system. And so when we get people elected there, with very limited exception, unless they have the, they're independently wealthy or they've created a grassroots fundraising mechanism that doesn't require that they need anything from the NRCC or the NRSC or any of that. We eventually, over time, lose them little by little because the machinery required for them to remain in office is all owned by the swamp. And it comes at a cost. I know a prominent social conservative who will never take another dime from the Koch brothers because of the stipulations they put on his organization for a donor check in 2012. They essentially forced him to strip their entire Christian message in order to get a check from them. You know, I'm never doing that again. We are never doing that again. That's exactly what the NRSC and the NRCC does. And the Mitch McConnell and the, and the Paul Ryans and the before him John Boehners of the world. We are happy to give you everything you want. In exchange, you're going to do this one thing we want. Which is be a team player. So term limits where the machinery's ability to latch permanently on to people for 10, 15, 20, 25 years would end that, would end that part of the process. It would not completely alleviate our problems, but holy Moses, would it take a huge dent out of this. If going in, the option is, hey, you want to know what, let me tell you why Mike Pence and Billy Graham have the rule that they don't meet alone with women. Because one surefire way to know you're never going to end up hashtag me too. Is to never even put yourself in the situation where it's plausible to entertain it. I'm just not even going there, man. Similarly, if, if you knew going in, I can't be here more than four House terms, which is eight years. And I can't be here more than two Senate terms, which is 12 years. I know going in, that's all I got. the amount of leverage the system has over those sorts of people is nowhere near what it has now. And I know I took way too long on that answer. This time I wasn't being, this wasn't diarrhea of the mouth. I thought this question required a bit of a, 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 a bit of a teaching moment from someone that's probably been down more roads than most of the people listening right now have been. Well, quickly I'll, I'll say uh, bye. And it wasn't very long ago that, uh, I wouldn't even have entertained this thing. Uh, I, uh, as long as this has been suggested, my reaction was, you know, this. You're putting training wheels on the government. We need to have a higher bar uh, for ourselves. But uh, total depravity 
has overcome me on this front and it, I remember the moment it happened I remember at the old studio Steve I and uh, uh, Rebecca the old producer and we were wa- uh, listening live as Congress refused to do anything about investigating uh, bags full of dead baby parts at that moment I knew term limits uh, at the very least and Steve two Senate terms way too one Senate term six years you get one and you get six years in, in uh, the House. And if you want to run for Senate after that, you go ahead. Um, you guys and gals do not deserve a second more than that. The reason I, I would I would give them two terms is I want to have I want the voters to have let some I, I'm, I'm concerned if you send them there for six years. This is why the founders had them elected by state legislatures. So that's what, be, yeah. that's what be, I want. Now, if you want, listen, if you that's go, what I if want. we repeal that amendment and go back to that model, I'm fine with one term at that point. But if we're going to still have a popular vote model with senators, I'm concerned if you remove the voter incentive from re-election, then I could see I could see all kinds of grifters going in and saying, "Dude, I'm going to Al Hastings this this mother. I got five, six years, and I don't have to face the voters again. Mo money, mo money, mo money, mo money. That would be my concern. No, they'll just do that on the back end. Even better, six years later. I mean, the- that, that's that's true too. So let's just go ahead and we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Constantinos Rodinas says uh, President Trump will eventually back down on tariffs and protectionism for the steel industry. Bye. Well, and here's why. What has he not eventually backed down on? Tell me what he's done that has created some level of radioactivity, particularly from the right, that he's not backed down on. I, I can't think of any. Can you think of anything? Uh, no, no, he, I can't. He hasn't really officially backed down his stance, whatever the heck that is, on the Second Amendment. Uh, he's yeah, he certainly started but walking it back in the, in the following yeah. tweet the next morning. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. You know, there's a clip going around today of Ted Cruz on with Chris Cuomo from CNN, mm-hmm. and he's asked about tariffs, and uh, Cruz explains his oppositions, his opposition to the president's idea. And says, you know, these are also off the cuff remarks. Let's look and let's wait and see what till what the final details are. And Chris Cuomo asked him, "Are you saying the president uh, has been known to flip flop?" And Cruz chuckles and he says, "Well, let's just say the president is extremely flexible in the stances that he takes." <laughs> oh my! I think um, it's probably it's probably right, but I I, I will sell. He, uh, this is where he thinks he's the titan of Wall Street. That this, you know, I know my stuff on this front. Um, and I, and I thought in talking with Daniel Horowitz today, the best analysis I saw uh, on tariffs uh, yet, in that there is some exaggeration about them in terms of everybody is automatically going to their to their corner and that it, it it's automatically bad and it, it it's more it is definitely more nuanced than that in a in a certain aspect of a certain industry at a certain stage of production and a certain um uh a good that we dominate in or don't dominate in uh, it, it there is more to this debate than just 
terrible idea. It's it's strictly a tool of uh, you know of a hundred years ago. So I I think he's going to ride this one out. At least he's going to ride this one out a lot longer than previous mistakes. Hmm. Uh, Democrats. This is from Mr. Bacon. Democrats will win a statewide election, Senate governor, president in Texas by the year 2024. A, a state what election? Statewide. Statewide, statewide election. By 2024? Mm-hmm. Uh, sell. I'm going to sell. Uh, if you gave me four more years... And, which would be a full decade, and the Republicans do amnesty. I might buy that. Your apocalypse clock. Kicks yeah, I might. In I, might, I, might I might. I might buy, buy that. I mean, it, it. It would take. You know, Reagan did the amnesty in '86. Republicans still won California in '88. Um. So I mean, it takes lag time. Yeah. For the voter rolls to catch up to the demographic changes. So even if they did amnesty this year, I don't know that we would see it in 2024. I certainly think you'd see more sweating it out in 2024. But I think where the, that bill would really come due was when you got to 2028. Buy into you, Todd? Uh, I'm selling. selling. I'm yeah, I'm yeah. selling as well. Yes. All right. Midlife Steve says, despite the wishes of their base, the Democrat nominee for president in 2020 will be straight, white, male. And I mean actually male by the real scientific definition. Well, Midlife Steve, transphobic much. Um, I will buy that with this caveat. If it's a person that doesn't come from traditional political circles. I don't believe... They will nominate a governor, senator, congressman that meets that description. I, I think for that sort of person to be nominated, they have to come from outside of the uh, political mainstream. Because if it's from, if it's in the political mainstream, then this is a party that is based on identity politics, based on it. It's the it's the it's the air, water in which they breathe. Uh, I agree entirely, which is why I'll sell and I nominate Joy Reid. <laughs> Scott Sweatman says Planned Parenthood would make uh, headlines in Kentucky this year for performing the first abortion on a man, trans woman to man, just to prove the validity of their previous and outrageous statement, some men have a uterus. Is there a reason why he said Kentucky? Because uh, Planned Parenthood of Indiana. Oh, they were the Kentucky. ones that did the original yep. tweet, men yep. can have a uterus, that we were panning on our show. Yep. Um I don't know that it will happen in Kentucky, but I could see that happening this year. You bet I could. You bet. You bet I could. I will buy that. It's yeah. probably already happened. That made me. May sick. have. Yeah, that's true. It may have already happened. You're right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let me find another good one here. Uh, Jason Tarheel Blue says, "My North Carolina Tar Heels will make their third consecutive trip to the Final Four. I mean, I'll sell strictly on the basis of, of the odds say that that's difficult to do. Uh, they're nowhere near as good as they've been the last two years, but when they were one shot away, one miracle shot away from winning the national championship two years ago against Villanova, and then they won it last year, I do think of, of Roy Williams' teams, this is the best year-after championship team that he's had even though it's not as good as last year's team. So I, I, I will sell strictly based on the odds, but I, I really believe this. I, I think there's 25 to 30 teams that could make the Final oh, that's Four. That's great. That's great. Uh, and, and depending on the draw of, and what that looks like. 
Yeah, well, and they I, would be in that group, obviously. I will sell because I loathe Roy Williams, and he does not deserve uh, a third trip. But it remarkable what you just said about is there any other uh, sport with all uh, I mean the, the the coaches in flux, the the paying, the not paying, whatever's going on, Patino out. This sport, because of this tournament, is just about as bulletproof. When you and, and things getting water, we 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 don't know the players anymore, Steve. Because they I think won the tournament. Done. I don't think the sport's bulletproof at all. I think the tournament is. I think well, I think well, the yeah, tournament. That's what people think of it, and as. that's been, and that's the whole sport. You're yeah. right. I mean, but um, and and that also goes to why the NCAA allowed this culture of corruption. You just mentioned North Carolina. They investigated their academic fraud for ten years, and then when North Carolina's final defense was, well. Uh, we actually offer these fraud classes to the student body at large, and NCA came back and said, "Well, I mean, if your whole university is a fraud, then then I guess it's not an impermissible benefit, so you're you're good to go." Okay, the reason they've done that, on the other hand, if you get a tattoo at Ohio State, we fire the coach Jim Tressel. Uh, if Rich Rodriguez stretches for 20 extra minutes at Michigan, they're on probation. All right, the reason why AJ Green was selling his jersey for the same amount of money that Miles Bridges allegedly took on that spreadsheet as a quote advance, he loses half his season at Georgia. So the reason the hammer drops in football when it doesn't drop, I mean, you can look at major programs in football that have been on probation. I mean. He, you, USC and Reggie Bush, what happened there, deserved probation. There's 28, 35 programs in college basketball that did what USC has done that haven't been busted at all. And here's why. The NCAA gets almost no money whatsoever from college football. Did you know that? College football has a separate association, the College Football Association. Ever watch games? It's a game presented to you by the CFA. Okay. See, what happened is after they won the Supreme Court case in the early 80s, the antitrust case, because for many, many years, Aaron, you won't even believe this. For many, many years, you can only be on TV a certain amount of times. Really? Yeah, if you go watch, if you go, if you go on YouTube and watch, go type in classic college football games full. Type that in on YouTube one day when you're bored. And you can go, and there's all kinds of games, the original broadcast from the 60s and 70s, commercials and all. All right. And and you'll hear Bill Fleming and um oh uh Chris uh Chris Schenkel and a young Keith Jackson. They were the voice of college football. Lindsey Nelson. And they're doing like number one Texas versus number two Arkansas. And they're like, and next week we'll have uh, Tulsa versus James Madison right here on uh, CBS. You're like, who the hell's watching Tulsa and James Madison? They had to do that. Because the, the law, the, the NCAA rules said that uh, you can only be on TV a certain amount of times and every team had to be on TV. <laughs> That's why when you go watch like highlights of your favorite college football team from like the 70s and 60s, only like three of them are television highlights and the rest of them are like that eight millimeter slow motion film. You ever wondered why that is? That's why. Because those games weren't televised. They couldn't be. So what happened is the, the, the universities and the presidents and the coaches got together and said, this is dumb. Why are, we, why are we televising James Madison? And nobody wants to watch that. They want to watch the big boys play. So they went to that case that went all the way to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court said, you're right, NCAA is in violation of antitrust law. They can't deny you access. And came out, what came out of that is two organizations formed. One is called the College Football Association. The other was the Big Ten and Pac-10 formed their own alliance because they had the Rose Bowl. This is why all of your life, the Pac-10 and the Big Ten have typically been in the same broadcasting. They were on CBS together in the 80s. Then they moved to ABC together. 
This is why you didn't have a college football playoff for many, many years. Because the Big Ten and the Pac-10 had their own deal with the Rose Bowl, its own lucrative deal. They didn't want to share with everybody else. Did the federal government form the NCAA? Because this is so stupid. No, the institutions formed the NCAA. Good grief. Okay? They formed the NCAA. And so the CFA was every other conference, and then the Big Ten, Pac-10, back then, now it's the Pac-12, had their own, had their own thing going. And eventually, they, they took 20 years for the money to be so great that the Big Ten and Pac-10 said, all right, now you're offering us a pot of gold greater than our exclusive rights to the Rose Bowl can grant us every year. So we will go in initially on the BCS and then eventually to what we have as a playoff now. Now, why is this germane to this question? If you don't understand that history, you won't understand my answer. In the last 35 years, the NCAA hasn't made a dime off college football. Not a red freaking cent. Nothing. They make nothing off it. Which is why you see them drop the hammer. on May. That's why I think every major college, the only program in the SEC that hasn't been on probation is Vanderbilt. (laughs) That's why no one is immune in college football. The big boys all get hammered if they cheat. College basketball? Eh. Because at least 80%, some estimates I've seen have said more than 90. But to be conservative, I will say at least 80% of the NCAA's annual operating revenue comes from one event. Do you know what it is? The tournament. The men's tournament. Yeah. The men's tournament. That's over 80% of its annual operating budget right there. And do you think CBS wants uh, Duke and its one and dones and its its, uh, shady agent relationships in Kentucky and Kansas. Think, the, think CBS is paying to have you to watch Wake Forest instead of Duke? Think CBS is paying to watch Kansas State instead of Kansas? Think CBS is paying a billion a year? That's what they're paying them. Paying them a billion a year to the NCAA to watch who's another school that's implicated in this? Arizona. To, to, to watch uh, Washington State instead of Arizona? You know what I'm saying with this? Mm-hmm. The financial inducement is too great. That's why they look the other way all these years. And that, and now, but now the problem the NCAA has is the feds are involved, and people are going to go to prison. This is criminal conspiracy. Why is it criminal conspiracy? Because people were funneling and laundering money under the table and, and lots of unreported income, which means they weren't paying what on it? Tax. Taxes. Yeah. And why were they doing that? Well, because if, if an assistant coach at Auburn puts on his on his income tax uh, return, 25 grand to recruit A, so they will sign with Auburn. And he itemizes that. That's out in the open, and the NCA has to do something about it. So they just did this all under the table. The NCA said, hear no evil, see no evil. Looked the other way for 25 years. And that was until the feds came along and said, you know, one and done started about, what was it, 2002, 2003? There's about... 10 to 20 of those kids every year. Hundreds of thousands of dollars are being exchanged that are unreported income times 15 years times 20 kids a year. You done the math on that? There's millions of dollars here you guys owe us. You're damn skippy. We're interested in this. And now the NCAA will have to eventually act on it. The NCAA should be folded based on the idea. It's a complete it racket. Folded. It's a complete racket, no doubt about it. What's just the equal racket, though, is when Jalen Rose and Jay Williams, these players are being taken advantage of, and they should should boycott. That's such horse pucky. Jalen Rose was a marginal NBA player, journeyman, 
Jason Williams never even made it in the NBA. He was a high pick, but he had an unfortunate motorcycle accident, and it cost him his career. Which means these guys are celebrities. Are they based? Are they celebrities based off what they did in the NBA? No. No. What is their Jay Will? Jay Will, Jay Will last played in two thousand and one. Jalen Rose last played in nineteen ninety four in college basketball. They are on ESPN. They are national celebrities, not because of what they did in the pros, but because of what they did where? College basketball. College basketball made them marketable entities. So for them to turn around when they're making high six, low seven-figure salaries from ESPN off primarily their college basketball celebrity, for them now to turn around to a bunch of poor black kids and say, hey, on the biggest stage when you're going to be the most marketable, walk away. Are you freaking hypocritical enough with that? That is one of the most disgusting, hypocritical, fake social justice warrior takes I've ever heard. A bunch of guys who have made millions as celebrities because of their success in college basketball now turning around to a bunch of poor kids with the same skin color they have and telling them, hey, you're being taken advantage of with this six-figure value education you're given. So right when the cameras are rolling and you're the most marketable and you might be able to cash in off of your college basketball success for the rest of your adult life like Jalen Rose and Jay Jay Williams have, walk away. Hey, I tell you what, Rose, Will, you first. You walk away. You turn in, you go to ESPN, you walk right in there to John Skipper's office there in Bristol and you tell them you know what I was really thinking about this and I got so used by the NCAA back in the 80s and or back in the 90s and the 2000s I just don't feel right about the fact you're still paying me seven the gross domestic product of Guam to talk basketball all these years later take it back I quit you first what a terrible disgusting hypocrisy that was now that does not mean the players are getting everything this is not an equitable deal it is not one Equitable is different, though, than being treated unfairly. For example, you guys could argue with me that your deals with me could be more equitable. But are you being treated unfairly? Am I using you? No. I may not be paying you your market value. We could debate that, right? But are you being used? Are you some kind of, he called them indentured servants. Are you an indentured servant here? Absolutely. You not. could now we could take a look at your output, what you contribute to what I to my to my brand, and we could decide as my brand grows, if suddenly someone if suddenly someone wants to pay me seven figures to do what I'm doing. And you are one of the reasons with the contribution you've made to my company for someone recognizing those achievements. And I decide you're still worth what I thought you were worth when I hired you originally. Would that be an equitable deal? No. No. But are you some kind of slave? Well, no, because I'm choosing to be here. Yes, you're choosing to be here. No one's making these kids go to college. So I agree the deal they have is, is not equitable because the amount of money for merchandising, licensing, this tournament wasn't worth a billion dollars in 1995. I agree operating under the same business model with the student athletes that we did for in the 60s and 70s and 80s when we're dealing with astronomical financial figures. I'm a capitalist. I believe in, I believe in returns on investments. The players deserve more. And again, you're making an argument for why the NCAA should be folded because they didn't keep up with the Agreed. But that. Agreed. But saying their deal is not equitable is not the same as saying they're slaves. They are getting hugely marketed. 
that's hugely marketed. Why aren't one-and-done players going to court to sue the NBA to let them in as high school players? Because when we had that era, where, unless you were Kevin Garnett, the other 99% of kids that went right from high school to the NBA, what'd they do, Todd? I'd Sit on the end of the bench. On sports radio this morning, I heard a laundry list of names. I had, would, Remember Deshaun never, Stevenson, I, any of those guys? Well, I, had, I had heard of Kwame Brown. The yep. rest I had never heard of or I had forgotten. Other than for every Kevin Garnett, the next 15 guys sit on the end of an NBA bench. And now what are they doing? And, and when they could have gone to college for a yeah. year, become huge stars on, a, on the biggest stage, yeah. the second biggest sporting event we have in this country every year next to the Super Bowl is this tournament. That's why they're not suing to say, let me in when I'm 18. They want to go to college for a year. It's a great deal. I go for a year. I don't even have to go to class, really. I don't have to pretend to be eligible. And I just go play at a high-profile program, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, at all. And, and my brand value, not my draft value, but my brand value from an endorsement standpoint and everything else, when I walk out of there, 20 times what it was before we had the one-and-done deal. That's why they, they, they're getting a good deal. Is it the best they could get? No, they deserve more. Well, they should be paid. Well, they can't be paid. Why? Because there's this thing called Title IX, which won't, it doesn't allow you to say, we'll pay the football and basketball players and sports that make money, but we won't pay the women's rowing team. You can't do that. Federal law won't permit that. So anybody making that argument is either ignorant or they're just looking for social justice warrior street cred on Twitter. Don't pay attention to them. But a player should be able, if someone wants to buy his jersey off him, I mean, it's America. They can buy it off him. Fine. Who cares? You know, believe it or not, making a lot of the same arguments this morning on the, the show I was talking about is a guy who's been punished multiple times, but he was making a complete John Calipari. Yeah. Well, who else would better know the ins and outs of the system than the guy that's taken the best advantage of it all these years? Well, he said He kept saying, if you're going to make me a criminal for things that are going on when the kid who plays for me is you know gone on summer vacation or something like that he said you got to make all these things legit and legal i can't be held responsible now again i'm not past i'm not excusing whatever calipari did or didn't do and quite frankly i can't even remember i know you could but the point being is you know i i'm on the hook for all this stuff and my integrity is on the line and right now i i i'm not governing these kids for Cal- half of Cal- their lives calipari's argument and i and, I, and I, i'll get away with saying this because i'm a i'm a sicilian kid calipari is making your is making an Italian mafiosa argument. He's essentially saying, I don't have to be doing this under the table. Right. Why don't we That's just exactly build a right. why don't we just build a Vegas strip? <laughs> report every out of income, pay the government the taxes out of it they want, and we could just have this racket above board and everybody has a great time. Yeah. Why are we we don't have to do a black market. We don't have to make this contraband. We can just put it right on the Vegas strip. And the mob can go legit and everybody's happy. We're not blowing people away out on the waterfront streets of Brooklyn anymore. We're just, hey, Bugsy Siegel built a hotel out there in some desert somewhere. I'm going to bet it all on black. And everybody's getting off what they want and nobody's getting offed. (laughs) That's essentially the argument Calipari's making, right? Yeah. I totally agree with him. Couldn't agree more. And that's eventually what will happen. That's a great question. Who asked that? The, the, I don't remember the, what the question this, was. No, it wasn't even. A, this game isn't even about question, guys. Oh, they asked about, about North state. Carolina, right? Yeah. 
I'm in a mood today. <laughs> yeah, I had I had a whole superhero right, battle royale. Rapid no, fire. We'll, uh, we'll do we'll we'll do it next week. Okay, because this is this is going to take. Can you give us a taste though of what this was? Was there one good no, one that we didn't just, get to? You wanted to ask us? Before uh, we let's go? see. March snow better than October snow. This is from Todd Saffel. Uh total what? sell, and you are deported. <laughs> March snow better than October snow. I can't do March snow. I can't. I mean, by the time October here, listen, you guys know what am I already doing in October? You guys know this football. Well, what else? Football. Uh, well, and <laughs> <laughs> come again. What else, dude? I'm already playing Christmas music, man. Oh, yeah. I don't care if it snows in October. March snow. When I got up yesterday, though, and it's snowing in March, I was like, hell no, I can't do March snow. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I, I'm in total spring mode, man. It 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 hurts. It's a little soul crushing. It is, because we had just had a few days where it was like 60-plus degrees outside, and there it goes. Okay, uh, Superhero Battle Royale, I guess we're, well, this is just going to be a huge tease. Because you know week. there's no way we can do that, and well, yeah, there's no way for, I can yeah. do that in, in a rapid fire. <laughs> Especially right. since you're in a mood. But <laughs> I am in, I'm, in a, I'm in a mood to drop s- knowledge, or at least hear myself talk. It'll be sure. 6 p.m., Steve. Can we go home? <laughs> no! I haven't talked about the D-list superhero yet. This and this is where when the pastor says, "And one more thing," and everybody gets up and says, "Yeah." <laughs> All right, that'll do it for today. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Don't forget, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E, CRTV.com, promo code DACE if you're not yet a subscriber on CRTV. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.